0: Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. The word of the Lord. Today's second lesson is from Romans. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves... But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The word of the Lord.
1: Final lesson is a reading from The Gospel According to St. John, chapter 11, verses 18 to 44. if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, she was deeply moved in her spirit. He was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. The word of the Lord Thanks be to God.
2: Well, Happy Lord's Day to all of you. Um, Jay and I are here. We're in somewhat of our normal space, but you guys aren't here, and that is strange. Um, And I think it's important for us to acknowledge that this is not the way that things are supposed to be. Uh, We're trying to make the best, as Jay had said, of the circumstances, but this is not the way that things are supposed to be. We're supposed to be able to gather together. And there is something to grieve in that. And I want to acknowledge that strangeness because I think it helps us enter into this reading that we've had from Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a strange prophet. And he's a strange prophet, I think, for the strange days that we live in. So I just want to spend some time looking at this story. And I want to begin by looking at verse 11 which gives us a picture of Israel's situation in this moment. Look at verse 11. God says to Ezekiel, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. That is Israel's situation. They are cut off. They are in a state of death, a state of mourning. One commentator called these lines Israel's funeral dirge, and he offered this poetic translation of verse 11. Dried up our bones, perished our hope, cut off we ourselves. Those words cut off are so vivid, I think, for us, because it gives us a picture of, of Israel's situation, being in exile, that they are cut off from the land of promise, that they are cut off from the temple, the place of worship. And because of that, they are cut off from life. They are effectively dead. I think we can relate to that sense of being cut off, cut off from our normal routines, cut off from friends and family. That's the situation that we find ourselves in this moment. So I want you to have those words in your mind dried up our bones, perished our hope, cut off we ourselves. As we see what God shows to Ezekiel, he takes him to this field, he takes him to this valley, and he asks him a question in verse 3. He says, son of man, can these bones live? Imagine being asked that question, being in a valley full of dried up bones, not an ounce of marrow left within them. They are dead, truly dead, and it's the sense of a mass grave. Whatever happened to bring those bones there was not a good thing. Some tragedy has occurred, and Yahweh asks, the Lord asks, son of man, can these bones live? And I love Ezekiel's response in verse 4. He says, O Lord God, you know. And I wonder if you hear those words with a hint of irony, Ezekiel's saying, why are you asking me? Uh, Maybe a hint of resignation. Oh, Lord, you're the one that knows. I I couldn't possibly answer that question. Or maybe he even says it with a sense of humility. Lord, you're the one that knows whether or not life can come back to these bones. But what does God tell him to do next? He tells him to prophesy. He says to Ezekiel, Prophesy over these bones, over these things that represent death, over this picture of being cut off from life. I want you to speak the word of the Lord. I want you to prophesy. And I want you to notice what the word of God accomplishes in this story that the word of God first brings form to things that are formless. As Ezekiel speaks, bones come together. Sinews are wrapped around those bones. Muscles are put on those bones. And there is flesh that comes on to those bones. The Lord's word through his prophet Ezekiel brings form to what is formless. And even though these bones now have flesh and have been reconstituted, reassembled, they are not yet alive because the word of the Lord does something more than form. It also fills. The Lord's word fills that which was void. Ezekiel continues to prophesy and God brings his spirit, brings his wind, brings his life, and he fills what were once dry bones and now our bodies with the breath of life. The word of the Lord goes forth through his prophet and it brings form to what is formless and it fills what is void. And in these words, in this story, we are taken back to the very beginning, to creation. Genesis 1, where we are told that the earth was without form and was void. But what, and what does God do but bring form to what is formless and to fill what is void? It's a picture of the creation of Adam, that he forms the man out of the dust of the earth and he breathes his breath into him. He fills him with his very life. And spirit and in that moment he becomes a living soul. God's creative word forms us. God's creative word fills us and I wonder in this season as life in certain ways has gotten simpler and smaller I wonder how you are hearing God's word. I'm wondering in what forms God's word is coming to you. We need God's word in this season. We need him to speak to us. We need his spirit to fill us with life, to breathe into our lungs. We need him to form us. We need us to fill us. Just like Israel, those of us who feel cut off, we need to be filled. We need to be formed. And we, like those bones, need to acknowledge the reality of death, acknowledge the consequences of sin and death and this broken world that we live in which is what Paul talked about in our reading from Romans 6. We acknowledge the reality of death and Jesus in his interaction with his dear friends Mary and Martha and their dead brother Lazarus he shows us that he himself acknowledges the reality of death. Here is Jesus the word made flesh the one who was with God, the one who is God, who took on flesh and dwelt among us, standing before his friends who have lost their brother, and him weeping. I think that's so important for us to meditate on, that Jesus, even though he knows what he's about to do, even though he knows that he himself will call the dead one out of death into life, He still weeps because Jesus acknowledges that it is not the way that things are supposed to be. Jesus wept. The word made flesh wept. But he doesn't just weep. He also stands before his friends and he proclaims the truth. He brings the word of God and says, I am the resurrection and I am am the life. If you've ever been to a funeral that uses the funeral liturgy from our Book of Common Prayer, you will know that the very first words the priest speaks at a funeral are these words. I am the resurrection. I am the life. And these two themes are brought together. The reality of death and that it is not the way it's supposed to be. But the reality that there is a word made flesh who calls us out of death and in to life. I want you to hear Jesus' words as words to you. If you find yourself overly anxious about the virus or whatever um, repercussions economically or otherwise result from it, if you find yourself uh, frustrated, being cooped up, um, if you find yourself with a short fuse, with your kids, all of the realities that we're all living in right now, I want you to hear Jesus' words as words to you. That he speaks over you. I am the resurrection. I am the life. That he is the one who forms us and that he is the one who fills us with his spirit. And that we can say in hope and in expectation that yes, these dry bones can live. Yes, these dry bones can live. We can answer the Lord's question and say, Lord, you know, because you are the one who brings death or life out of death. We will not be able to celebrate Holy Week in the ways that we normally would because of the restrictions that we're following right now. But Holy Week is coming nonetheless. Next Sunday will be Palm Sunday and then we will be in Holy Week. And we remember that in Holy Week that Jesus is weeping his solidarity with our humanity goes all the way all the way to the cross and out the other side that he speaks as resurrection that he speaks as life as one who will taste death for us that is our great consolation in whatever moment we find ourselves in is that there is one who tastes death for us that pays death's wage so that we don't have to pay that So I pray that in the midst of these circumstances, that in the quiet you can be reminded of that truth. That the Word of God forms us, that the Spirit of God fills us, and that the Word made flesh tasted death and paid the wages of death so that we do not have to. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.